1: everyone. This is David. Welcome back, Behind the Velvet Rope. Let's just get right into it today because we are joined by the one, the only, Miss Norma Kamali. Hi, David. How are you?
0: I'm very good. I'm what actually is... feeling good today.
1: <laughs> well, that's good. What is going on? You're in New York, I take it?
0: I'm, I'm in New York. Um... I'm thinking about the city. I'm thinking about um, what's happening to the city. And I was born and raised in New York. So I'm very sentimental about it. And I'm I'm looking forward to positive change
1: is the magic word. That would be nice. I mean, I've basically been here throughout the whole thing. You know, like in the Hamptons for a minute, like, in florida for the the usual places the new yorkers go but i wasn't one of those who fled i mean this is my home man i'm not leaving Yeah, where are you from i grew up between here and connecticut so i'm same thing like i'm from So you are
0: yeah i mean it's uh anyway more and more people are getting vaccines do you have a vaccine did you get one yet
1: No. So here's the thing. So I looked into it when I wasn't eligible and then I got an appointment and then I got scared, even though everyone was telling me just do whatever you have to do. And I was like, I don't want it. This is, and now that I can get one, I can't find a freaking appointment. I know I haven't really looked for, I started yesterday and I just, but I'm shocked that I can't get an appointment. So now it's my mission.
0: Check out Javit Center, my team are all young and they've all got appointments. One has uh, an appointment in May, but I think it's because she's not in the city. Um, but everybody is has first shot or into the second now.
1: So I'm going to so
0: seems to be, seems to be a good place.
1: I, tr- I swear I tried it and it's like, it kept saying like, it makes you go through everything. And then when you go to make an appointment, it says no appointments available. I think you just have to do it like at the crack of dawn. That's what I heard. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think so. I think so. Well, it's, uh, you know, I don't take aspirin, so I don't take anything So the idea of putting a virus, you know, it's like the flu shot. I look, oh my God, why am I doing this? But then you do it. And um, I guess I feel protected. I think people do. And I just really look forward to us getting back, not back to normal, but back to living and breathing and interacting with each other in whatever the new way is going to be.
1: I hope so. I mean, are you, like, I'm just such a social person, you know?
0: Well, you know, if we don't, if we don't hug each other soon and touch each other, you know, I, I've been speaking to a lot of um, people in under 35 and under 30. And the sad part of, of this for that age group is that this is such a big development time. It is so meaningful to find out what you're good at, what, how you are in a relationship, or how you are as a sex partner, what that experience is about, how you are with friends, and how what kind of job is the right job for you, or what's your passion, and all of it, happens during this period of time and then to have this stop it and short circuit everything where like where are you going to pick up from and is the world passing me by and it's really I feel so much angst for them and for that age group especially when it comes to sort of this development this self-development of figuring out and touching and since this age group is so connected to having a phone in their hands and connected to this digital exchange of passion and love excuse me my age group and I'm not a person that looks back but I do take a lot of pride in being a baby boomer where all we did was touch each other and hug each other and all on top of each other and maybe too much sex. I don't know, but we were, we weren't, we were, we were so physical and just even to touch somebody's face, to just have somebody do this to your face, who's just a friend or somebody had something horrible happen and you just do that to their face. I don't think that happens and I don't think the foreplay of that interaction that takes place that's so meaningful for sex and physical relationships I don't know what what's what the foreplay is or where that is anymore and and I I like I want to prescribe to everybody in that age group to go out and like get a bottle of wine or a pot or whatever it is you want and go to the park with a bunch of friends, get somebody's hat or t t-shirt, put all your phones in there and just sit there and like closely sit next to each other, just have play games that interact with touching. And I think it's so desperately needed. I mean, I know I sound like a lunatic, but I've been hearing these stories and I'm so, I'm so overwhelmed by what the denied population is that aren't having
1: this. You don't sound like a lunatic. I mean, it is, it's true. It's like when you only are a certain age and like now this is like your life, like it's almost like you don't, like it's, it's a part of your life at an earlier age. It's, I see what you're saying. Like, I get it. And you don't look back, but you did look back in your book, which we are going to talk about, I Am Invincible, (laughs) and you don't look back, but we'll look back a little bit today because we need to talk about this amazing career of yours. But before we do, I know you were saying before we started that I look familiar. And now I'm just like, I can't get it out of my head of where you might think I look familiar. I know. I,
0: know. I mean, you look so familiar, your eyes, especially even your voice. I'm, I'm It's really? very distracting because I'm thinking, I, I feel like I know you unless there, I have a friend that's similar in a lot of ways. I'm not sure.
1: Maybe someone in your office or on your staff was listening to the Behind the Velvet Rope podcast, perhaps.
0: No, but it's your, it's your, it's you, it's My your mannerisms. face
1: completely. Yeah. I mean, I go out. I went out a lot. I was out all the time before. Oh, you were I'm if, sure.
0: I it'll. I'm sure it'll come to me. I'm positive.
1: See, this is Anyone. what people say. People are like New York. No, New York is the smallest place. Like we all it's know each other. Very. So looking back for a hot second, I know you went to FIT aspiring to be a painter and graduated with a degree in illustration. So how did you go from that to falling into fashion? I mean, not that it's that big a leap. You were still at FIT. But how did you go from that to opening your first boutique?
0: Well, I wanted to be a painter. um, And my mother assured me that she had no intention of funding that because she didn't think there would be a job in sight that I could possibly get. So I was fortunate in getting some scholarships and one of them was to FIT for illustration. I thought, okay, sort of doing what I like. And FIT, um, I was a misfit at FIT now. I have to say I was FIT in the 60s, the early 60s. That is Mad Men time. Think yeah. about the clothes. Think about the look. I never could wrap myself around that look. I could never, it never, the girdle and the and the garter belt and the stockings and the cone bra and the matching hat and gloves and not my thing. But girls literally went to FIT dressed like that, seriously. And so- wow. Uh, and FIT was one building at the time. Anyway, I graduated from FIT. I had a horrible uh, job interview. I, I had a lot of jobs. I was a waitress and everything else to, to pay for art school and supplies. But I, um, my first job interview for w- what I was hoping uh, would be a fashion illustration position Um, was so horrible. The guy was a complete jerk. He, he totally um, was the power in the room. And I was a vulnerable, you know, 18 year old. And um, he, instead of looking at my portfolio, as he ate his tuna sandwich with his feet up on his desk, he asked me to turn around for him. And I did. And because I just didn't I was like, turn around. Okay. I turned around. And then I just tears just started coming down my face and I ran out. I was so humiliated and I thought I want nothing to do with the fashion industry. I don't like this. I don't want to be around people like that. And so I look back at this man and I thank him for pushing me out the door and into Finding something else. So I got the times. At the time, that was a place where you could look at classifieds for jobs. Airlines were the, the kind of apple of the day, like they were the, the place you would want to work that was cool. And, and people were actually taking trips on planes and going places. And I don't know how, but I got a job in the office And I wanted to travel. So I was able to travel round trip for four years for $29 each weekend. I would leave on a Thursday night and I would come back on a Monday. And so I was in London through the beginning and the rise of what would be the 60s revolution. And it was just talk about being in the right place at the right time. Yeah. I, I will tell you, it was truly exciting and very disruptive, like the time we're in now. Um, and I worked on a computer at the airlines. I worked on a Univac computer, which gave me insight to how technology really can enhance your life. So I, I've always been very pro-technology as a result of that position. And so London was the place that I would come back wearing clothes that had never been seen before. Clothes, dresses never were below, were above the knee. Dresses were always below the knee. Think, think Mad Men, right? So yeah. now I'm coming back with dresses mid-thigh. And in history, women did not wear skirts above their knee up until that point. So it was beyond provocative and then my friends wanted the clothes so I bring them back clothes and then I just decided to open a store and sell the clothes so for 285 a month I had a little basement store where I sold the clothes that I brought back from London wow. and then and then in a short time I started to think of clothes that I would like to see that would complement what I was bringing back from London. And I started to make clothes and that's really how it began.
1: Wow. Was this also, was this your first interview ever where this guy like told you to turn around? Like you, was that like the it, first interview?
0: It was my, the first fashion job interview. Yeah. And, and so, you know, I, I, I think about how often in my life, some really awful, very um difficult situation or person um made my made me think that I couldn't tolerate it anymore, and instead of accepting mediocre or accepting something that is not painful and you sort of hang out and and when you should leave or walk away it's people like that in situations like that that the universe I believe puts in front of us so we don't go in the wrong direction and he he was so key for me to go to just I'm traveling I'm not I don't want to be in the fashion industry I don't want to be here and to this day I've never had a showroom on 7th Avenue. I've never worked in that area. I've never, never, never. And I guess it's not an accident. As I look back at it now, never wanted to be near there.
1: Wow. Are you guys as confused about me regarding all the contradictory information out there about how to eat healthy? Just cut out carbs and that's healthy eating. Reduce your salt, that's healthy eating. Don't eat after 6 p.m. That's healthy eating. Well, what if I go to bed at 4 a.m.? Am I still not supposed to eat after 6 p.m.? So confusing. Enter Noom. Noom makes sense because it is based in psychology. It teaches you what to eat and how to eat it to accomplish your personal health goals. They look long term. It's not about that one thing you just ate now. It's about long-term and changing your eating habits. And that is why for me, Noom worked. When I started using Noom, my goal was to eat better, to feel better, to understand my cravings, to have more energy, fit it in with some exercise, and really just reduce the stress in my life. And Noom accomplished all of that. What I love is it teaches you about eating. It doesn't just say eat this and eat that. It takes 10 minutes a day. It's so easy to use. You log your food. It's nice to see the progress. You log your food and see the progress as you chart it. And it really works with my lifestyle because I'm so freaking busy. It's not like a rigorous plan. It's just changes my habits overall. It's based in psychology. It makes complete sense. And here's the thing they're a very forgiving program. So if you cheat today, we can't turn the clock back. It's okay. These guys are great to deal with, and they're so much fun to deal with. And it has really changed how I eat. Now, here's the deal Noom, N O O M. Sign up for your trial today at noom with an M dot com slash velvet. Yes, you can sign up for your trial today at noom. N-O-O-M, as in Mary, dot com slash velvet. Trust me, there's a science to getting healthier. It's called Noom. I feel better. I have more energy and I see the results. And I just, this is a lifestyle change. Noom.com slash velvet. Sign up for your trial today. And I mean, you know, you hear of so many stories where something like that happens like later in someone's career, in a way- Like, did you ever say, well, this was a blessing, not that it set you on the course, but just like, you recognize the signs? Because I think a lot of times you don't recognize signs when you're in something, it's all innocent. No, no, not when it's happening.
0: Yeah, when it was happening. And and to be honest, uh, when I went home, my mother said, well, did you get the job? And I said, no, I didn't. Uh, I never told her what happened. I was just like, I turned around. This guy tells me to turn around. Am I going to tell people that I was a total idiot for doing that? No. And it took me probably till about 10 years ago to even talk about it. I mean, that's how many of these, and I'm sure it happens to guys too. And it, where, where you're so humiliated and embarrassed and you're, you're objectified and someone more powerful, it owns that space, and you're the vulnerable one where you do something that you think, this is, I would never do this. Why did this happen? And, and so you don't want to talk about it. You don't want people to know what an idiot you are and that you made this ridiculous, you know, did something that, that you shouldn't have done. But when you're, you're that age. You're so vulnerable. Again, going back to the conversation we have beginning, you're so vulnerable. Everything that happens during that period of time till you're in your like thirty, at least, you're so you're experiencing some very painful stuff because you're learning life's lesson as an adult for the first time. So I learned that lesson well. Um, not to say that i didn't have men objectify me or that i didn't objectify myself with men that i dated to think that you know if i let them objectify that me they would fall in love with me and then everything would be great i mean we all do that like it's totally idiotic but i i learned that i i I learned that I could do something else and that I didn't have to be vulnerable, that there was another option that I could find. And that's, that was the best lesson.
1: And it all worked out because then you opened your store and then you started designing soon thereafter. So early in your career, you came up with the sleeping bag coat. I mean, that was, tell me about how that came about.
0: Well, you know, in the early 70s, It was really um, the beginning of like this flower power, peace, love, talk about touching, touchy feely. Um, And we would go camping. Um, It was like to be back with the earth and the, and the land and that kind of thing. Um, And we would, a whole bunch of us would go camping on the weekends. We'd go upstate and go canoeing and camping and have tents and sleeping bags. And, in the middle of the night, I I had to go to the bathroom and it was freezing cold. And I just took my sleeping bag and wrapped it around me. And as I was walking into the woods, I thought, I got to put sleeves on this. And I came back and I cut up my coat and I put sleeves on it. And that became the pattern for the classic sleeping bag coat that we still sell today. I sell a whole bunch of different shapes and sizes but the classic sleeping bag coat was developed right then.
1: Wow. I mean, did you know, I mean, was that a defining moment in your career?
0: You know, I I think at the time um and at my age that was the defining moment uh for me personally to see that I was feeling very, um, creative, uh, with all kinds of things. So the sleeping bag coat, it has been around for a long time and it's been an influence in, in the culture in a way. And so people know that, but it was part of a period of time where I realized that I was an inventive designer, not the traditional designer and that ideas like that, that were not typical, uh, the typical way you design a collection were my, were my forte. And that that's what I could do. But as far as designs that I've done through the years, it's, you know, once you, once you leave a certain decade in your life, you know, this, you leave one decade, you go to the next, that guy or that person you were was great at that age but you have evolved so much that what you did then was was what you did then but now you have experience you have so many more assets to work with that you're evolved to another level so I wouldn't say that the sleeping bag coat was the best thing I ever did it's something I did that is something I love and it was a part of who I was at the time and my experience but there are so many other decades where I did other things that had a different impact um like you know in 1980 when I did the the sweats and all of that a different time different experience this is post- uh, Studio 54, where everything was glitter and all of that. And here I just went gray sweatshirting, colorless, active, functional, not shiny, disco, the complete opposite. And so that was that moment and that experience. And so that's how that, you know, so for each decade, there there's a different thing that's going on and you are a different more evolved person.
1: That makes sense. Do you have not necessarily your experience because it sounds like you do move on, you don't look back, but just, you know, do you have a favorite decade to that point of like, you know, oh, the 70s Studio 54? No, I love the 80s and all the neon and shoulder pads. Like, do you have a favorite decade of clothing? Um well
0: I think to be absolutely honest, as crazy as this time is that we're living in, I think this is truly my favorite. I really, I really mean that because we're about to see things we've never seen before. We're about to see things done in a way that we've never seen before. And, what's going on now is so much bigger than the 60s revolution was so much bigger um that i think this is probably the most exciting time and for me i have i have two or three projects right now that i'm so excited about that i've never done before and i don't think other people have done before so how can i not be excited about that right um, but I do look at each of the decades and I appreciate what they offer. I will say that the 30s, which were not when I was alive, the 30s had a big influence on me as an early designer, because if I look at the classic films, right, American films, I think about if we look at American fashion, it's virtually very new we don't have Catherine the Great or this history of you know costume and fashion but we do have classic films and I think the films from the 30s were very um timeless and every award show every Oscar every everything still looks like a 1930s fashion show to me it's still very much rooted in classic American film, so as an American designer, I give tribute to that personally for my own designs from the '60s till to now. I think I, I I appreciate what I did in each decade, but I'm so excited about what can be next.
1: That that's good. What about I know like swimwear has been a big part of your repertoire. Talk to me about the iconic 1976 Farrah Fawcett poster with the red bathing suit. Yeah. How'd you get involved in that?
0: Well, you know, at at the time, um, a lot of designers uh, worked very closely with um, celebrities. And I did. I worked with so many people. And Farrah was a really good customer. She lived in LA, but she shopped a lot in New York and she was in New York a lot and she was as beautiful inside and out, truly, 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 truly a a lovely person. And she bought a lot of my swimwear and I had no idea that she bought that swimsuit. She, she just would come in and shop and, and buy things. And when I saw the poster, I was horrified because I did a lot of testing and I tested that style. I did six swimsuits and I put it in the store and I thought I'm not going to make that one again. It's just not a good, it's not good. It's not, I don't like what I did. And, and then I see it on the poster and I thought, what, who, oh my God. So I said, why did you, Wear that, like why that suit out <laughs> of all the suits? And she said, you know, I, you know, so different from today. She didn't have, you know, a a, a whole squad putting her together. She basically was with a photographer, and um, and it was very low key, low maintenance kind of thing. And she had the suit in her bag, and they always, she said, they always decided they would take pictures. And one day if they had one shot they really loved, they would make a poster out of it. And that was the shot. So I literally went along for the ride with that one. I, that swimsuit had nothing to do with the success of that poster. I'll tell you that.
1: So after that, do you go back and say, okay, well, I said I wasn't going to make more of these and now we need to triple down?
0: Well, what I did was I fixed it. <laughs> I made it i i there were there were things about it I really didn't like, and I made it better but um and different and when the Smithsonian um, asked if I would allow them to use the swimsuit in this exhibit i I said. Just a question. I know you could say no, but would it be okay if I did a new version of that? And they said, no, it's not okay. We want the one she wore. So there it is, memorialized in the Smithsonian. So there you go.
1: So, I mean, isn't that like another career moment? Like, do you have like those pinch me moments, or you're like, all right, whatever, it's just another day? Or I mean, no, like, does it. I,
0: I do, I do. I, I you know, I, I, it 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 happens, and i'm so i mean we just um j lo has a cover now i'm uh I think it's in style and it's and it's my swimsuit, and she looks more beautiful than ever on it, so I'm so happy that that was the choice, and I think she's you know she's a great example of a strong woman who made this decision of who she was going to be and what she was going to do. And there are a lot of uh, fabulous women who've worn my clothes and men. And I am honored and thrilled that they made those choices. Um, I've, I've never given clothes for free for people to wear and, So when they actually buy them and want to wear them or they use them for a shoot, it's such such a compliment. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends.
1: and
0: and i'm I'm honored that 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 happens. I'm honored that it's happened in my career
1: so do you get involved with like a JLO like on that level where they're trying to make a decision, or is it all just through like people come in and pull it and we move sometimes
0: on? some it's both some sometimes it's uh they have something in mind and we have it or um or sometimes and it happens all the time they'll say these uh, this is the kind of thing we want this is the person this is what it's going to be used for um and i will um make some suggestions or put some put something together um and sometimes it gets used sometimes it doesn't it's you know it it's a it, it happens it's part of what you do right so I'm my purpose I realized early on was to have a creative life but it's also to service women and to uh and the book is doing that as well as a handbook it's it's I'm servicing people with what I do so I feel that's part of the process
1: and you've never given something for free that's unusual
0: no, I mean, I've given gifts to people, not because um I want them to wear my clothes. I've given them gifts because they you know I know they like my clothes and I just wanted to give it to them not but I don't make clothes for people to wear to be- and it's a gift or whatever i i I think if somebody likes what I do um they'll buy it. If they, if they don't like it, they're not going to buy it. I I just think it's, you know, it's not, it's not a, a, I'm the sole owner of my company, right? I'm not a big, you know, multi-brand conglomerate. So I have been paying the rent single-handedly for many, many, many years, 53 years to be exact. So I have to, I look at things very practically and, um, and, I, and it has never been an issue. It's never been an issue for people. Well, if we don't get it for free, we don't want to wear your clothes. Well, I get that. Don't wear it then, right? But if I can do something for someone um, that works with what they're doing, then that's, that's what I'd like to do.
1: That's good that you've never had an issue with it though, because I mean that's a big part of the business now, right where i'm
0: I'm not sure i'm I'm not sure that it um, that it's going to stay the same i think I think there's a lot of, of changes I think you know I also think influencers have had a big impact on all of this too. I think there's a lot has changed in, in the way uh, people see collections or clothes. Um, And again, even with our clients there, we have, we have people who who, um, post pictures of themselves in my swimwear and my clothes. And I think, Oh my God, that is so gorgeous how incredible and they're not famous. They, you know, they have followers, but they're not celebrities in the sense. They're sort of influencers or they are influencers, but the skill at which they do the photography and the, I mean, it's not a game. They really are, uh, look amazing and it's all different women from, and men from, anywhere everywhere every gender age color shape nothing is more beautiful than looking at this freestyle creativity um that you can see on instagram or other places but clearly on instagram and i love it and i think some of them are so beautiful um and I asked them if I can repost them because I'm just so blown away and they're from all over the world. So think about that. Think about how, what an impact and, and influence that has that's very different from the celebrity thing. Um, and, and I think a lot of celebrities have their own collections, too. So it's a very things are just turned upside down completely.
1: Do you think like that it's a good thing, like do you think the social media really changed a lot, and like this will continue along those lines
0: i do i I think i I think social media is great for models. I think it gives models a lot of power. I think social media uh is great because I can connect directly with you and other people um in and in the past, we always had to connect through a, a store buyer and a merchandiser and where it would hang in the store and all of that stuff. And now um, I, I just, am, I hear back directly. If I post something on Instagram, um, I get feedback and I learn so much and people contact me all the time i mean they'll tell me um what they need or what i need to do that i'm not doing or if i'm doing something really well that they appreciate all of that feedback is fantastic and i and i listen and i reply and i interact with them and i zoom with them if they they're telling me that i need to do something better well Let's talk about it. I want to know. I, I, I love it. I love it.
1: I mean, has any influencer, you say you reach out to them and you ask if you could repost it. I mean, I assume no one has ever said no. And it's actually Norma Kamali who's like, I want to repost it. Yeah. I'm sure they're thrilled. They must yeah, be thrilled no, to hear from you. Great.
0: It's great. They're, they're really very responsive. And, and some of those um, pictures really get the most attention, too.
1: I agree with you. I mean, I look at like, right, quote unquote, influencers, Instagrams, and I'm just like, I don't understand how you do this. Like some days I look great in my pictures that I present and other days I'm like, I'm a bloody mess today. Like this Instagram is all over the place. It has its own life to it, but I agree. There's certain Instagrams where it is so creative and you're like, I wish that my Instagram looked like this. I don't understand how you do this. I I get it. Yeah.
0: I love it. I, I, I love the creativity. I think, um, you know the the instantaneous flow of stimulation and ideas is great i mean there's a negative too but there's but for the most part it's just this open platform where you can really present thoughts ideas beauty and you can follow who you want to follow. I mean, if you're interested in interior design, you have like a world of people to follow. If you want to follow fashion or film or, I mean, it's, it's just digital art. You can find anything and everything and it can be very, uh, it's like creating your own magazine.
1: I'm a huge fan of Instagram, yes. Well, speaking of celebrities also, let's talk about Whitney Houston for a minute. Her debut album. I'm staying in the swimsuit category. Did you work with her for that, or that was similar to the Pharaoh, where you just one day saw this picture? No,
0: I think we actually we we uh, Whitney, um, amazing, right, um, and beautiful and amazing. And there were things we did, especially for her. That swimsuit, I think, was something that we we made. I I can't remember um, if it was I, it wasn't fit for her because she fit the style I think it was the color we did the the, the white and the color whatever we did for her we did specifically um, but she always fit into our sizes so it was never you know like a fitting
1: so like did you work directly with her like how was Whitney
0: um I met her, I didn't meet her a lot. I met her uh, twice, um, but uh, she had a very tight team. She she was early on in sort of having a team, but mostly, most people didn't. Um, I think, you know, if you think about Cher and Diana Ross and Raquel Welch and... Sigourney Weaver, I think all of those people work directly with you. And um, Jackie Bissett was also very popular then.
1: Um, with everything going on in the world and all the technology around us, I used to find it so hard to disconnect, turn my mind off and relieve stress. Well, not anymore. Unidragons wooden puzzles have solved all of that. They are the highest quality puzzles. All the parts have their own unique shape. They're not like your average puzzle. And in fact, they actually become collectible works of art. They're fabulous and memorable designs and images. They have animals too, tigers, wolves, pandas, unicorns, and so many others. These are not your average puzzle. Laser cutting is used. So all the parts perfectly fit together and is such high quality. It's great for myself, but I've used it for so many gifts for friends and family unit dragons puzzles have changed my life. So listen. You guys need to head over to Unidragon.com and use my code, VELVETROPES, and you get 10% off your first purchase. That's right. Just by listening to this podcast, head on over to Unidragon.com. That's Unidragon.com. Use my code, VELVETROPES, and you get 10% off your first purchase. These puzzles are intellectual. They're high-end. They're stimulating. They've changed my life
0: they really knew what they wanted. They, you know, there was no question that they had um, a confidence in their style. Um, And it's very hard to have that now. It, you know, again, social media can be very difficult and, now, I think if you're a celebrity, what you wear, how you wear it, when you wear it, is up for grabs and commentary, right? So uh, I think having a a village to help you is a good thing.
1: Right, the, that didn't really exist back then, but Whitney no. was ahead of her time. Right, yeah. Have you ever worked with Cher, the goddess that is Cher?
0: Oh, yeah. Of course, Cher was in the store all the time, and she, God bless her. First of all, she um, especially then had an incredible sense of humor, very, um, very unique in her sort of confidence as a woman. Don't forget this is the 70s. And she had, she, she knew what she liked and she would shop continuously. She was, she helped me pay the rent so many times. And I thank her in the book as I do many other people in the back of the book because little did they know those, what they were doing at that time was really helping me stay in business. And I was so grateful that I, I, felt like I had to thank everybody. And she really, um, she was fun. She, she was just a fun person and, and gorgeous in her very unique way. And, uh, and she's still very close friends with Paulette, who is still Mm -hmm. her best buddy. And they would shop together, um, in New York and in LA. And so, uh, Yeah, and Diana Ross, too, who's, you know, I mean, so incredible. Um, She had her, she knew what she liked. And they, and you know, they also had bodies that anything you put on them, they're going to look great. Um, So there was a a confidence about that they're going to look good in anything. And so whatever it is they decide to wear, they're going to look great.
1: So Cher and Diana helped pay the rent back in the day. They definitely did. I've met Cher many times in Vegas when I've gone to see her. Oh, just, really? There's no better. I mean, yeah. you know her a lot better than me, yeah. but for the brief seconds I've met her, yeah. minutes each time, I mean, it's like every time is just like, yeah. I don't know know what to do here.
0: There, You know, there's something about... Um, the energy that, um, you, and and I mean sort of like a spiritual energy that people who are getting our attention have, you know, it's not an accident that Cher is still famous and was famous, especially during a period when I knew her. And it's that, um, magnetic energy that draws people to you and so she um has that and and when you meet people like that and you speak with them they're very normal they're like everybody else but there's 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 a dynamic energy that's that's amped up and you know i i I remember that with um Yoko and John used to come in the store also. And John would have this incredible sense of humor. He'd be very sort of laid back and chill and she would be deadpan and he would just be hysterical. He would say things he would joke with her and, and sort of, provoke her somber kind of very serious um demeanor and and he was a funny funny guy and even in his quiet kind of just hanging out chilling there's this bundle of energy that this spiritual energy that really fills the space and and they do have it um i i even when i first met. Um, Destiny's Child, what Niall Rogers was doing um, was helping them launch their career and he contacted me and he said I can't tell you what this is for but I need you to help me get these three girls together because they are going to be the biggest thing and I said can I listen to the music and he said no you can't I said alright and they came in and three beautiful girls and one of them was picking up after everyone getting coffee doing everything making sure everything was right and I I wasn't sure what her role was but she was like mama hen and it was Beyonce and and you but you could feel that energy here and and so you would never know what what the role I would wouldn't have an idea, but you can see then that there is this this something that she was she was revving up for for really Beyonce of who she is today, and and she's such an extraordinary person, and um, and so so special. Everybody can see that in, in the way she is, and and the, and the way she. Behaves with people, but there, right at the beginning, she was. She decided that she was going to take care of everybody. She was gonna. She was gonna make it good for
1: everyone. Just like picking up after everyone and getting coffee. Everybody, yeah. And like as nice as can be, and just
0: totally. And
1: to you, she had like that magnetism, like the same way, like a share, like a Diana. Yeah,
0: same thing. Same thing. I mean. And, and think about it, think about all of these people who um, have this, it's, it's like electric energy that really get our attention that they, they, they have this drive and they have this energy, but it's also part of, you know, I think they're born that way. I think they're born to, to fulfill this
1: purpose and, um, and you can feel it. I agree with you, like having met a lot of people like at the share level, there is there's certain people, you know, like there's a lot of famous people, but I do agree there's certain people that just have this thing that you can't explain it. And they are real people when you meet them, but then they need to go do their job and just there's something like you're just Yeah, the
0: electricity goes and um and, and I, you know, for me, I've always enjoyed being in the background, not doing that. So I, you know, I, I can't imagine wanting to do that or having that. So it's, it's something you're born with. It's something that's part of, of who you are. And there are a lot of people who are celebrities of sorts who don't have it and are still successful. But there's that few that are just, you know, they're, they're blinding. They're so, so magnetic.
1: Well, I think Beyonce, Diana Ross and Cher are three good examples of that. Yes. Yeah. What about like, I mean, have you ever been starstruck? Like you grew up in New York, you're around all these people. Like, are you the type to ever get starstruck by anyone?
0: Well, I, I will tell you a story. I, I did the first um, fashion show in '93 at the tents, and I picked my favorite music. The musical director said, Pick all the songs you like, and I from the years, and I said, Okay, I picked a whole bunch of songs. And he said to me, Do you realize? and I didn't know who they were by, and he said, Do you realize that every single one of the pieces you listed, or the majority of them, Were by Etta James. And I said, Etta James, I've heard that name. Yeah. So he he said, yeah. And I I thought, well, let me contact her and invite her to the show. Um, And so I spoke to her manager and her manager said, she's in a concert in California, but she's coming to New York. And um, why don't you guys meet? So I sent her a tape of the fashion show with all the, Etta James music and I met her uh, and we became great friends for years and I adore her music. I love her and I was starstruck with Etta James, I have to say, and I miss having her in our world. I, uh, she talk about talent she represented a type of music that we're never gonna hear again and she influenced she influenced so many people um and and i and i treasure i i was starstruck and i treasure and i loved making clothes for her and i just loved
1: her What about before we move on from celebrity talk, my last question on celebrities, I promise, have you ever had like, you know, a bad experience with a celebrity where they just were entitled, rude?
0: Yeah, but, um, you know, whenever that happened, um, I I really would, and, and it didn't happen a lot, for sure. I have to, I have to, preface that by saying but whenever it did happen it really didn't last um i i would actually say something and um and i and i would say it right away and not in a confrontational way but i would say it i really believe that when you are the focus there's and anxiety and a nervousness and sort of this, you know, panic because it's about you and how you look. And I I believe whenever that happened, it's because somebody is scared or nervous and their livelihood depends on it it's not like just you and i going shopping and like we don't like the way something looks it's much like who cares right but if you're going to appear in front of thousands of people and everything is hanging on this new album or this film whatever it's a lot it's a lot of stress so i must say um I never had any situation that I didn't understand or that didn't sort of chill out and be okay.
1: I mean that makes sense. I mean it's a lot of money too that's on the line. And you know, Norma, would you like to share with us here today which celebrities that those were? No, <laughs> of course not. No, you can't. No. Be- blame a girl for trying right
0: that, yeah but it's not it, it really to be honest not not nothing it wasn't that big a thing it was just that tension and the nervousness um and that i understood actually and i still understand
1: that that can happen that makes sense what about shows like project runway i mean i know you were involved you were a guest judge like are shows like that good? Have they run their course?
0: Um, I I think they're good. I think giving um, talent exposure is good. Um, I think there's probably room for a, a new version of it or uh, a, I, I think exposure is good. In, for talent. I'm not sure that, um, I, I think we might've run the course on some of them, but I do think we're coming into this very innovative time. And I, I can clearly see somebody coming up with something very clever. Um, and especially because fashion is changing so much, that the uniqueness of the time and the uniqueness of some talent we're about to see will come together and there'll be a fresh, um, a fresh approach.
1: Would you ever do reality TV if it was a fresh approach? Um,
0: I think, you know, the word reality TV is also going through a metamorphosis I think it that's also changing I think there I I think there's good parts of reality TV to be honest um, but I think innovation is coming and needed in that area as well and if it if if I felt that there was a purpose that there was a real purpose to I don't I don't want to be a Celebrity, so it shouldn't be. It wouldn't be about me. Clearly, it would be more about what would this do? What kind of what? What would be the end result of this, and how would it affect people's lives? That would that would be of interest.
1: I think reality TV is changing too. I mean, just based on ratings, and I just think we're in a different period in the world, and I do think there is this burnout of the traditional drama and we've seen it now, it's not yeah. new, it's all no. the same. What about when something like 2016, you get a Lifetime Achievement Award, CFDA, is that, oh my God, this is now a moment? Or is it like, back up everyone, like, I'm still <laughs> here, I'm not done?
0: Um, I thought it was great. I, I, I thought it was great because it was really... Um, people in the industry made that decision and it's nice I mean a lot of times um, the thing about the industry is where there's a very strong connection designers have with each other in that our business is so unique we have to produce four collections a year we work really hard people don't understand deadlines and that the difficulty of it. So it's like our, our, um, our lives are very unique. And so we connect very intimately in that way. However, we're all very different. And, but when, when some peers who have that same experience, honor you that way it's really it's it's a big honor it really makes you feel great um I didn't see it as a mark you know you've done it now you know other people can I think other people always can but I've been here a long time and I'm a long gamer so I still see like I still have stuff to do. And so, um, you know, I keep trucking along.
1: Right. Well, it is an amazing honor. So congratulations it is. on that. It is great. Thank you. Before we get to your book, what about, you know, all these red carpets now? Like during COVID, you know, we've seen all the award shows, the Oscars. Like, what do you feel... I mean, are red carpets over, you know? I mean, is there going to be a resurgence, you think, after all this? Or you think just the red carpet has had its moment and now it's over?
0: Um, I think the red carpet is critical to um, many industries, really, really critical to many industries. So I don't think it's over in the sense of a place where people can see all of this, see celebrities, see fashion, see beauty, see jewelry, see all of this. But I do think Gen Z, which is the generation that's coming up on us, which is very different from millennials, they see life in a different way. And if you wanna look at the future and you look at whether it's the red carpet or just anything in general, fashion, anything, it's very good to look at it through Gen Z's eyes because they're gonna be the majority of the population in, in a short time. And what they like and what they want will be what will be. So I think it would be very wise to kind of tune in and think about how do they care? Do they watch the movies that these celebrities are in? What kind of, what are they watching? What, where are they getting their entertainment? do they care about the jewelry that these people are wearing? Do they care about any of it? And I think we probably would be very surprised um, to hear that maybe they're not, and that they care about other things. I think they're very social minded. I think they like. Um, I think they like makeup. I think they like doing different things with their hair. I think they think out of the box. I don't think they think about gender, race, color, religion. They don't care about any of that as as a definition. Um, So I don't think they'll be looking at any of these things and commenting in the same way that we've heard commentary in the
1: past. Interesting. That's a very interesting it's a very like current view. And that is a sense of what I get from your book. I am invincible. You know, you talk about, you know, we all get to a place at a different rate. There's, you know, you do talk in terms of decades in this book, like, where did you learn all this? Like, how do you stay current? You know, because there are a lot of people and I'm not, this has nothing to do with your age. It's any age there's, you know, there's always those people that are like back in my day. I mean, I could say that now, like, the way you talk is the exact opposite. And that is the way this book reads too. You know, where you say like at that point, sleeping bag coat, the eighties, you know, you did the gray, like right. how, do you, how do you, how did this come about? I mean, I think it's great. I live my life very much the same way, but I think a lot of people don't. And I think that's what I got from reading your book.
0: Well, the, the book really is a handbook, right? It, it's, it's, um, it's a book I wanted through my years of growing up and running a business and trying to figure things out um you know i i i as a woman there weren't any women doing anything like i was doing and i had nobody to ask i just had no references and so i thought i, I why don't i do this handbook i'm 75 i know all of this stuff and it's selfish not to share it. It's like, why am I not sharing all of this information? And so I started actually, um, it started as a gift. A friend of mine was turning 50 and there was a party for her and everybody was going to do a gift that had to do with turning 50. And so I sketched out a little leather bowl book, you know, those little leather books. And I yeah. did, Fifty Tips on Turning Fifty in Sketch Form, and it was a big hit at the party. And I was co-writing a book about acupuncture with an acupuncture doctor at the time. And I asked the publishers if they thought that it made any sense to do that, and they said, "Well, make it a real book, make it meaty, and put you know put all the stuff that you know about healthy lifestyle." And so I. I literally designed the book in my um with my team here. I, I laid out everything and we we put the book together here um as an idea of what it looked like. And then um I met with Abrams and I showed it to them and they said, We want to do this just the way it is, we love it. And so obviously we worked on making it better and more you know, r- readable. And we put in the, the decades so that people could go through each decade and see the evolution and the transitions and how important that is. But that really is how it evolved and and, and why I did it.
1: Do you think you could have written this book, like, say, even 10 years ago? You know, like, When did it all come together? Because, I mean, I read the book, and I'm like, she knows everything. Like, just she's, you know, (laughs) you seem like a self-actualized, like it's just all, you got it all figured out. I know that probably wasn't the case always. No, no. You kind of pulled it all, all of this. I am invincible together. right?
0: Well, so the book is named I Am Invincible, but I'm not invincible. Every once in a while, I am, just like you. Every once in a while, you have those days, and you go, Whoa! I look great. I feel good. My mind is sharp. I got accomplished what I wanted. Wow! This is that invincible day. Well, obviously, the to to be invincible on a regular basis is a, is a nearly impossible. But trying to have more of those days is really the key. I was ready to do this now because I really feel for the, when I reached my seventies that I wanted to talk about my age, you know, everybody's like, don't mention your age. You look so much younger. People shouldn't know. It's like what I'm, I want to mention my age. I mean like, Hey, 75 years. That's like a big deal. Trust me on this. This is a big deal. I, i I know a lot. I've learned a lot. I've been in business all this time. I need to, I did say 75 out loud or 70 out loud. And when I started to do that, the reaction was incredible. People were like, oh, wow. And then I asked everybody their age, how old are you? Are you going to tell me your real age?
1: No. Oh, you're (laughs) asking me? Yes. How? Now, how did you know I was one of those that doesn't like to tell their age?
0: Because you're, and men especially, are even worse than women. So I will tell you, more people are very anxious about telling their age. And my, my dialogue here is that aging with power is really, it's not aging gracefully, because who wants that? Aging with power means that you're, you're acknowledging the benefit of experience and healthy lifestyle is helpful because if you feel strong and if you feel energetic and you feel good in your body that you know that definitely helps you carry you over the line it helps you age and feel good about it so clearly the idea of aging with power and talking about it has been very provocative for a lot of people. And when I ask people their age, they either can't say it or they stop, they think, and then they say their age. And I'm trying to single handedly say that anti-aging, anti-wrinkle, anti all of this is like the last bastion of, um, you know, of the things that is still, that are still politically okay. It's not politically incorrect to talk about age negatively. It is done on a regular basis. And if it were not talked about that way, you would feel more comfortable saying, like, you've accomplished a lot, and you're smarter than I may think you are because you may look 20 years younger and may not get the credit for having that experience. So I'm saying, I want people to know that I'm 75, so I know my shit. I'm, this isn't a waste of time.
1: Yes. Yes and yes. <laughs> and you do attribute, because yes, you do look much younger than your age. You do attribute that because I know you have like a very healthy lifestyle. You just attribute that truly to like a healthy lifestyle and eating healthy and not keeping bad things in the house, which I know you're big on. Right. Yes. So hard sometimes, though.
0: It's hard, but it's also easy when, when you, you know, what, what we need to talk about, David, is self-love, right? It, it's not, it's hard to love ourselves, right? And so, but, but when you start thinking about sleep, diet, exercise, and attributing it to loving yourself, And taking care of yourself you it makes a big difference so it is not hard to do some sort of movement every day it's not if you walk or just go up and down stairs a couple of times every day and do things by moving around that that's all you need you can get more intense about it but that's all you need it doesn't you don't need to get a program or join a gym. You can start moving every, but you have to do it every day and you can put it in your calendar from two to three 30, I'm going to do this every day, block out the time. And then the food you eat, you know, we eat too much food. We eat too much junky food. If we ate better quality food and less of it and and, and respected our bodies and what you put in it, that's self-love too. And sleep, sleep is challenging. Sleep is not easy. And meditation is a great way to help have a, a, a good night's sleep. Um, and I, you know, right now I'm struggling with sleep. I've never had a problem. I have my regime. And then there was construction for three months outside my bedroom window that they were doing at night. And I would wake up at three in the morning when they would start. I cannot, I cannot go back to sleep. I can't sleep through the night. I wake up at three every morning. So I'm having to undo what that three months was like. And I am truly understanding how people feel when they don't get a good night's sleep. And how it t- it's taking a lot of work, but I'm trying to figure it out because that's an important part of healthy lifestyle. So, it it you know it it's self love is critically important because unless you love yourself, you're not going to draw people to you that, that you deserve to be with or that respect you, and. And you send out a message when you don't love yourself. You send out this radar for all the bad cuckoo birds to come to you, you know? I mean, they find you, right? And I remember a period of time, I was like, why do I keep attracting these losers, these idiots? Well, hello, you got to like work here first. It's not them. They don't come around when you're feeling good about yourself.
1: I agree with that. And people can usually tell, I think. You just radiate it. Yeah. I'm good with sleep and I'm good with the gym and moving. It's COVID. It's the COVID. I mean, we're out getting out of COVID, but it's the food, man. Being home, (laughs) alone. just like, it's yeah. I'm going to choose pizza right now because that's what I want. But I am lucky with sleep. Like I'm one of those that I do so much and like maximize every minute of the day that when I go to bed, I just, I guess I'm like, I just am like, be good to yourself. Turn your mind off. I mean, sometimes it takes a minute, but I can usually sleep. What about, you said, I read, you went to a psychic when you were 25 who told you you weren't going to be engaged until you were 65. And then at 65, you got engaged or in 65, well, I, you met the person. Yeah.
0: I I went to an astrologer for the first time. She was great. She told me about my childhood, everything. And then at the end, she said, oh, and by the way, you're going to meet your soulmate at 65. And I said, no, no, I think, no, it can't be. And she said, I'm, I'm usually right, but that's what I'm telling you. And I was crazed. And then I thought I'm, I'm just going to prove her wrong, which I didn't do. But You know, and I had long relationships, and not every relationship is meant to be for life. You know, that's something else people have to get settled in their head. It's not maybe it's ten years, maybe that's how long it's supposed to be. Um, And then when I was sixty five, Ian Schrager, who's still my best friend, um, me introduces me to the, the guy I'm with now, and and we were. Like we never would have spoken to each other because we're so different and we're from different worlds. We would never have gotten together on our own, um, which is why it's so great to introduce people when you really feel that there's someone that's a match. But, but, you know, we're together for 10 years now and it's really, Fascinating that at this point in my life, at 65, I was ready for a soulmate. I was not ready before, to be totally honest. And you know what, we acknowledge that we neither one of us were ready before for this kind of a relationship.
1: I get it, I get it. I'm on that track myself, so I, I <laughs> get it immensely. I think when people are single and they cry and blah, 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 it's like you need to look inside. It's like you secretly are not ready. Like you're fine yeah. in life. Like you actually, I really believe like people don't do things they don't want to do. So like if you're yeah. crying about it, like you're happy, like you like this life. That's okay. Just admit it. Well, people look at other people
0: and think that they're having a better they're happier. You know, we everybody thinks somebody else is happier. They have kids, they have that, or they whatever. You know what? It's a moment in time of happiness if it is. And probably it's not everything you you're building it up to be. And so sometimes just look here. Don't go there. Just look right here and you'll you'll find what it is you should be doing to allow that. To happen and and you know relationships are complicated they're hard they they're they're it's not even just self-love but you can be in other kinds of relationships that are draining you uh it could be friendships it could be family it could be all kinds of that are draining you not allowing you to participate in a relationship so it, it takes a lot of um thought about what's happening in your life and why you think you want something and it's not happening. First of all, see what's going on. Really take a good look and and understand
1: what's happening. I agree. Final two questions and we'll wrap up quickly. But, I know because you kept saying we're on the verge of something big and like, what do you think? Cause you know, COVID, we all been in sweats, at least in the beginning. And now we're co- like, what do you, where do you think fashion's going? Like once we're the world is open and what's next, are we going to continue well, this I, sweats yeah. look?
0: Well, I think, uh, I think it's going to be very hard to give up comfort. It's going to be very hard for a lot of women to put on heels. I think we will, but if somebody comes up with a shoe that gives us the same feeling we wear on heels, but it has the the comfort and the ease that we've gotten used to, like bare feet, slides, sneakers, you know, I'm sorry, I'm not giving those up. I'm, and I have some shoes that I've collected through the years that are quite gorgeous. I visit them every once in a while. It's like, girls, we're not going out yet. But I do think we know from our business that weddings, 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 parties, events like that are going to be on steroids. There are so many dressy dresses, wedding dresses, dresses you wear to your friend's wedding, being purchased right now, you would think that the world was getting married. Everything seems to be focused in that way, so I think that there's going to be dancing and and getting dressed up and and all of that. But you can't deny that comfort is is something we We now have a chip in our head, a year long of comfort you don't, that doesn't go away. You know, we have a COVID imprint that I think is there permanently about how to feel good. And, you know, I must say, Zoom butt is definitely a threat because sitting on our butts, and I, I have to work out twice as much because I'm sitting more than I ever sat in my life. So I do think this comfort and then getting out and, and being more physical and interacting is going to affect the way comfortable clothes look. Um, it'll be less lounging around pajama-y, but more, you know, an interactive kind of thing. But it's all going in a good direction because it means we're living again.
1: Time. And finally, how do you want to be remembered? Um, I don't
0: know. Um, I don't know. I think, um... I like being remembered every time someone wears something of mine and they have a story about it. Most designers hear these stories and I love them. I love it when people write me notes or they have a memory that's attached to something they've worn of mine. So you have to you can imagine that women even older than I am have been wearing Norma Kamali clothes, and girls that are eighteen are wearing norma Kamali clothes and so I have such a range of people who who tell me stories about how they felt wearing something of mine and that's that's like a little love letter i just i I adore those I mean I don't. As far as remember it after I die, I don't care. I mean, I that doesn't matter. But I like I like these letters. I like the love letters. They're they're very sweet and they make me feel good.
1: That's amazing. Yeah, I didn't mean like after you die. I just about like yeah, you know, I, the anthology of like an amazing career and an amazing life.
0: Oh, that's very sweet. What sign you, are you?
1: I'm a Gemini.
0: Are you really? What day?
1: june
0: 9th i'm with a june 12th and let me tell everybody tell us if you if you are with a gemini you need vitamins (laughs) gemini's are electrified they are on electric it's good that you're sleeping though good for you
1: I don't know how. I've ne- I'm so lucky. I've never taken a sleeping pill like in my life. I don't in like 99.9 percent of the time. I just can say, you know, you have an hour, just turn it off. My like, God, if I could just do this all day, I would have like. But Gemini's, we do a lot at once, right? You can do many things
0: at once, and 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 you're doing the you're in the right position. You're doing what you should be doing. It's
1: communication, and that's great. Do you know I used to practice corporate tax law? (laughs) I wouldn't lie about that to you, Norma. So listen, I'm a nice Jewish girl from Connecticut. My parents were like, you go to law school or medical school. Or (laughs) I say this to people all the time. Anyone that is like creative and has that, you know, my parents are great, but like that wasn't an option. Like if I said I wanted to be a designer or an actor, go into the entertainment, they would have been like, well, you I don't know where your money for college is coming, so good luck to you. So we went the law school route and I practiced how, corporate tax.
0: That is, that's hysterical. Wow. what was the thing that, wh- who, who, what, where turned you from corporate tax to where you are now?
1: Well, I stopped off, I went into like HR and recruiting, which was closer to this you know, listen, did I ever like practicing law? No, that should have been the first sign. And then you know, you just get through those like, okay, I don't care how long I went to school or how much it cost or whatever. Like I can't live my whole life in a miserable experience. Nah. So then I went into HR and recruiting and then like, I worked for a bunch of companies and then I had my own company. I had my own like staffing agency. And then I sold that. I it was really when, so I had like a really successful staffing agency, which I think if you're successful in business, like to me, I think hard work and you know what you're doing, but I think a lot of it is like timing is a lot of it. Yeah. My company wouldn't be, you know, it was just a different time and I happened to time it so right. Yeah. And just get out at the right time. So I don't ever take that for granted. And then that afforded me all like, okay, now I could really figure out what I want to do with my life because I had a successful business before. And that's kind of wow. into this and I just was like, okay, well this is really what I should have been doing my entire life.
0: Yeah. It, it shows you that there that there, you, there's twists and turns and you end up, you know, you just have to go with not be afraid, right? Just go with it. Good for yeah. you. That is really I I was wondering what sign you are. I couldn't nail it. I couldn't figure out. Do you know your rising or your moon or anything like that? No.
1: I don't know that, but I know that like when I read Gemini qualities, I'm like, I am such a Gemini. Yeah. Like <laughs> a lot of times, people don't think I'm paying attention, and I turn and I'm like, you just said the following 13 things. Yeah. Every point you made, like I hear it all. I can do it all at once, <laughs> <I know>. and <laughs> I'm really good at compartmentalizing. Like I can. Oh,
0: totally. That's the, that's the trait you have now totally described the guy I'm with. Totally. he. he is, I'll say to him, did you hear what I said? And he said, yes. You said this, that that that." I'm like, all right.
1: <laughs> I'm good at, I'm good at compartmentalizing like work, you know, because like there's a lot of people that I do this with and then I just become friends with, you know, you spend an hour, you keep in touch, you say yeah. social media yeah. and then it's just kind of like, well, yeah, now I know things, but I'm not going to talk about that. It's just like, this is work. It's like you just have yeah. all these weird relationships. But, like, I could take one person and separate, like, five different things. Like, yeah. okay, now we're friends. Now we're in work mode. Now we're doing this. I, I don't know. Some people just can't do that, I guess. And No, but Gemini's are great at it.
0: I mean, I, I I'm I actually you know, I'm a cancer and it's not typically the sign you think of with Gemini, but there are a lot of Gemini cancers, by the way, a lot, I, I'm shockingly a lot. And so I, um, Gemini is a very mental and it's fast mental ability, right? And cancers are, I feel it in my gut and it's, you know, like a whole other thing. And I, I observe him and watch him and I learned so much that has been incredibly helpful in trying to compartmentalize, trying to really, I, and I, I'm good at doing a lot of things at once, but I'm doing it all from here and he's doing it all
1: from here and so it's
0: a, it's a great le- it's good to have you know variety in personality
1: does he just skip over the like feeling part and just because i mean i usually do i'm just like okay well that's a feeling for a minute and like what's the point of that so now let me like figure this out right. that's how i well, am
0: he started he started his he started as a lawyer and so on my first sort of date with him we had we had a dinner and then he said and he travels a lot which Gemini's do and he said um let's have a bite to eat um'm heading to the airport of so we have a bite to eat and of course i took him to suen do you know that you know that place yeah
1: I've
0: never heard of it you like like what this is what is this food and I'm like okay i fit i just came from the gym i was eating his food my food and I'm like um, and then I said to him, like, a month later, um, I, I said, you know, we when we were together, um, hang on a sec, when we were together, um, it, was, it wasn't really a date, I mean, we just, like, it was a quick together, and he said, we were together 47 minutes, and I was like, what, what, what are you? me 47 minutes because it's like to him he didn't think that was like outrageously insulting like you counting minutes like to leave to what and then I realized he has every like he's so organized in that way and as a lawyer too you kind of count your minutes and you're aware of where you are what you're doing so he can actually document like what he did when he did it to how long he was there and I thought, oh my God, what am I getting into here?
1: And that's so how man, I was able to get through COVID. Like, I was never, and I don't shame anyone, but I mean, I never went down that, like, I'm going to sleep all day, I'm going to drink all day. I just really was like, it's 8 a.m. So the work day has started. So from 8 to right. 9, we're doing this. Like, I hit the ground running. Yeah. Right from the yeah. beginning. Like, it really yeah. helps. But
0: then- yeah, I thought, yeah, I thought COVID either, um, strategized and um, you know created structure for a lot of people and it did the reverse for the other people It, it just is incredible how different people reacted to it I got very structured also and reformed and changed my company in so many ways that we're much better than we were before
1: Yeah. I've worked harder in 2020 than, okay, when I had my company, I probably worked harder, but very close there too. Like, I'm like, I haven't worked this hard in like 10 years. Like, who am I? Like, it was just all day work. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's great. It's great. It, it definitely, the, the benefit of it is, is fantastic. So how long have you been doing, uh, the ropes?
1: like a year and like almost a year and a half. So like a while, but not so long, but truly like when I started this, it was like two days a week. And then it just, like, it just, it really morphed a lot of, because I had time. And then I was like, well, let's go to three days a week. And then just a lot of people started saying yes. And now it's like five days a week.
0: Oh my God.
1: Because I'm not one, I'm really one of those people who I truly believe, and this I've proven it, that like, I just don't like to say no to things, opportun- like business-wise. Yeah. So, so there's a lot of things I feel like I'll say yes to this, and I don't really know why, but like, I just believe like I have that networking type of personality, and it's work. Like, I have had people on this show that, you know, maybe weren't like a big name or whatever that we just hit it off that has led to like, oh, like you're best friends with this person over here and they come on my show now. Like that wouldn't have happened if we didn't hit it off and you weren't on my show. Just like, that's like on a granular level. So it just kind of, but I'm not sure that would have happened if it wasn't for COVID. I mean, it would have, but I'm not sure I would have like thrown myself into it as much as I did. But now here we are. And like, it yeah. did, right? So
0: it's great. It, 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 it was horrible, but I, like I said, I think it's fantastic. I see all kinds of buzzers going off. I know. To being-
1: <laughs> I know. Well, first of all, thank you for taking the amount of time uh, that you did. I'm not just I saying that. It. Like, I really appreciate it. Well, it was great. Well, I'm glad you had a good time. Two, we will keep in touch. I will reach out to you on Instagram. Yes. With that. Yes. You can see my non-curated Instagram.
0: Okay. Ah, they're coming after me.
1: We'll go. And three, where can everyone find you and find this book so everyone can follow you on social?
0: So um, the book, uh, first of all, it's Norma Kamali on, on social. And um, Norma Kamali uh website and um the book you can get on amazon you know easy it's one two three they're the fastest you can get it on my website too but um it's uh it's really been such a a fun experience doing the book and talking to people and meeting people like you so it's been great
1: everyone needs to get it that everyone needs to follow you. Everyone needs to get it. Again, I really appreciate this. Keep in touch. Oh, thank you. I'll reach out to you and have yeah, a great day.
0: You thank too you. Too. Take Bye. Care. Bye.
1: Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear